Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John Morris. To my left or right, you have Brian Keachley. And then our guest this evening is Aaron Kerr. So Aaron, we found you through Instagram, through a bunch of our other friends, and we we hit it off like pretty much right away. Uh, I've actually had the pleasure of fishing with you and hiking with you. And um, for all those guys out there that don't really know what you're about, I'm going to let you tell them instead of me trying to put your story out there. But Aaron, thanks so much for coming on, man. Dude, thanks for having me. Um, so I kind of do a lot of uh, hiking and fishing, as you said, but um, my favorite thing to do is go for Southern Appalachian strain brook trout. It's a uh, technically a subspecies of brook trout. So um, pretty much exclusively go for those, or, you know, sometimes I'll go hit the river for rainbows and browns, but I like my brookies. And I do a little bit of foraging here and there too. So that's fun. <laughs> very cool. So what is your, yeah, it is, it is very cool, dude. Um, I, I know, but maybe these other folks don't. Um, how do you fish? What is your preferred technique so, of fishing? I've done everything for a long time. Um, started fly fishing about four years ago, but now, you know, as you know, I do Tenkara, which is, incredible it's so fun don't have to deal with all that line um dude i can't even explain how fun it is until, until you just try it <laughs> dude uh aaron took me out into a national forest on a destination to be unspoken and uh that's that's prevent for for preservation purposes here um there, there's a lot of locals that know about that place but uh we'll yeah. keep it that way Aaron Aaron he he had me hike up this mountain and I'll go ahead and tell this whole story where we're, we we it's it's Sean Miles myself and Aaron and it just so happened we all had the opportunity to meet up and go fish together right so I drive like two hours there well two and a half hours it would have it would have been like seven and a half, but we got to another spot that me and my family stayed there. I drove two and a half that morning, woke up at like 3.30 to get there. And Sean drove up there the night before, stayed at this hotel that was questionable. And then, so we all meet up, we all meet up with Aaron and we make it there. And then this sign, by the way, we're going through, this is like haulers, like there, there's, there's one lane and the whole time I'm thinking like what if someone else needs to leave like how is this going to work because it's, just, it's winding it just falls off the edge both sides both sides it's just literal hollow and you're like man I don't know what's going to happen if someone needs to get around here because I don't know that I can drive backwards that well <laughs> anyway <laughs> we, we're after hitting all these potholes and worrying about getting stuck and we we're talking about like, man, Aaron, what if it was snows up here? And he was, he, he told us, he was like, yeah, me and my buddy went up here in a Civic yeah. one time and we had to get out and put, put stuff under the tires to get yeah. it up. Anyway, we, we make it up and it says two miles, right? It says two miles. We're like, Can't all right. right. Can't be right. We're like, there's no Can't way. So we get up there to the second parking spot. And we're like, all right, it's two miles to where we're going. 
right? Because that's what the sign said. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't two miles. We found that out on the way back. But anyway, Aaron is like one of the best hikers I've ever met. The dude just doesn't stop. He's just like this human dynamo. He's just drinking water, smoking cigarettes, and hauling ass up this hill. <laughs> and the whole time he, he's he's pointing out all these beautiful trees and these flowers and he's given us a chance to take it all in and he's telling us about it because this is his home right mm-hmm. um we're both from tennessee right originally and but he had this just beautiful side of tennessee i've never seen i've never seen any of these plants before any of this and it's just it's absolutely gorgeous and we end up going up to this waterfall after what was two miles that's, that's that's air quotes for all of our uh, audio listeners here and we get up there and we start fishing and we're sweating and sean was like we get up there we're joking he's he's like man i, I gotta take a break <laughs> he took his bag off he sat up there and drank water for like i don't know five or ten minutes and uh i got the chance to make the first cast under this waterfall and i spooked all the damn fish every one of them (laughs) but on the way down we catch brook trout southern appalachian brook trout and they're the most gorgeous fish i've ever seen in my life just absolutely that i'll never forget that day Aaron killed me in the woods um (laughs) i'll never forget it it was it was fantastic (laughs) but but what the most interesting thing about all that, though, is you said, you know, Tenkara, right? Well, mm-hmm. every time I think Tenkara, I think, okay, well, yeah, I know it's a telescopic rod, but it doesn't really sink in that it's, it's, a, tele, it's a telescopic rod. You don't have to have it out at 13 feet or 10 feet or 9 feet. Right. You can have it out at, like, 3 feet, and you did that at one point. Yeah. Right? Like, at the very beginning, and Aaron said, he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to fish at all until both of y'all get a brook trout. And soon as we both got one in the net, he undoes his <laughs> rod. And I'm not kidding. First cast, he smokes one. <laughs> got it. <laughs> first cast, smokes one. Man. Dude, I was eyeing that pool the whole time watching you and Sean cast. So I was like, Sean got one. Pulled my rod out. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> it was on right then. <laughs> So, Dave, what what got you into what got you into fishing, and then what got you into Tenkara fishing, which is even more well, niche than even fly fishing? So, I've been fishing basically, I mean, since I was a little kid, obviously. But uh, I don't know, man. I had like a little break in my teenage years where fishing wasn't cool, and uh, you know, I started working at Snap On Tools, and a buddy of mine, you know, was like, "Dude, you want to go fishing?" And I was just like fishing sure i don't have any gear though so you know borrowed his rod went caught a bunch of trout and i was hooked <laughs> get it hooked um so uh after that i fished spinning and whatever else for a while then went on the fly fishing like i said for about four years um but i found tinkara by watching this documentary called shaku hunter on youtube um and it was talking about uh Japanese Yamame and Iwana. So I started doing research into those species of fish 
because for one, they're beautiful, really cool. Um, started watching a lot of stuff about fishing in Japan and I kind of just stumbled across Tenkara because that's where it's from, you know? And yeah, I had to try it. <laughs> well, it seems to me that, um, you know, there's, there's always kind of like a gateway when you start getting into a uh, little bit more of the uh, technical fishing. So going from the, the spin to the fly to the Tenkara seems to be a pretty natural progression. How long was it after yeah. you, you saw that that documentary that you went and got your first Tenkara rod and, and started really and then and then I guess mm. after that just to kind of extend it out, when did you really start digging into like the the fly patterns and stuff like that? Because I mean, you you watch the doc, you do all this other fishing, you watch a documentary on this really you know specific cultural fishing, and then get the stuff and all that. Right. So what was kind of that time frame? What did that look like for you? Um, I'd say I fly fished for maybe two or three years before I actually even heard about it, you know, but, uh, about year three, I'm, I'm coming up on a year of Tinkara fishing pretty soon, uh, around Christmas time actually is when I got my rod, my parents actually in their other room got it for me for a gift, but, um, yeah, man, about, I'd say about a year ago is when I really, really got into it, but I've been watching this stuff for, you know, like I said, year two years before i even thought about getting one okay so <clears throat> what what is your most memorable fish oh dude one that i didn't land i'll go ahead and say that <laughs> dude not kidding man that that brown trout had to be at least eight pounds i mean it was big <laughs> but fighting that thing with no reel you know my arms were up like this my knees were knocking, my shoulders were shaking. I mean, uh, slipping over rocks, trying not to fall. Um, I got it right to my feet and it popped off of oh, man. No, oh, man. Those are heartbreakers because, fifteen minutes. man, <laughs> well, those are heartbreakers too. And, and not only to get that on, on Tenkara, but you know, just, just in general, like I, I think anybody that went and hooked into like an eight pound trout would, would be pretty juiced up, you know, cause that's, that's not a small fish. That's a good yeah. size fish. Um, that's <laughs> man. Uh, we, we, we get and some. That probably would have been my biggest fish ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I, I, and I've seen the pictures of the, the brook trout there that, that you catch. In, and <laughs> when we think of trout in the West, we think of like a really large, you know, pretty girthy fish, like a small one's 12 inches for us. Right. So, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, have you, have you ran into uh, other trout species there that are, that are larger than those brookies or you, are you just mainly focusing on the brookies or is that yeah. just a prevalent population? that's mainly just what I like to go for because of the fact that I'm always hiking as well. I mean, they're, they're the same sport for me, man. Hiking and fishing are mm -hmm. hand in hand for me, but uh, no, I've, I've caught a couple of really nice rainbows. Um, there's actually a picture on my Instagram. I'll send you a link later. Uh, but it was like a, I'd say a four pound fish, you know, really nice rainbow. Uh, of course I wasn't actually using the technical tin car flies. I was using a, Caddis dry fly, you know, <laughs> saw that big baby sipping on the surface. And I was like, it's dry fly time. <laughs> so that was awesome too, though, man. I actually landed that fish in like 30 seconds, believe it or not, on Tinkara. So wow, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I horsed her in, man. I, yeah. I horsed her in. So 
there is a technique that you are using that even though it's the same cast and it's the same idea behind it, it's completely different between Western Fly and Tenkara, and that's the bow and arrow cast. Mm-hmm. The Tenkara <laughs> bow and arrow cast is lethal. It is actually lethal. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand of how <laughs> effective it is in really tight areas. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so it's so satisfying too when you get that perfect cast and it just lays down perfectly up underneath that brush. Love that. Now with those types of techniques that you're using and and all of that stuff, uh, are you targeting bass also on on with uh, Tenkara? Are you going for the bass um, or other warm water species? Uh, I've only done that one time, and that was when I was visiting my family in Florida. Um, I actually hooked up on probably a three pound, but you know, decent little largemouth bass. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really using them any tenkara flies that time either, but I was, I had this big, long green, like rabbit leech looking thing streamer. Uh, but I just kind of pitched it out there. I was kind of, I was honestly trying to catch these big, huge bluegill I saw spawning. You know, they had their beds and they're running back and forth with each other and chasing off minnows and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I just casted that out there. didn't even think I was, a bass was going to go for my streamer. But uh, sure enough, here he came. I just watched him slowly come up, sip. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man. What, what that was you, fun. No, <laughs> it sounds like fun. Do you think you're going to probably end up pursuing some more uh, warm water fish on, on Tenkara as time goes on? Or are you going to kind of save that for the trout? Um, probably not in my area because there's honestly not a lot of warm water here. Um. Uh, bass fishing is pretty tough here unless you have a boat. Um, my home river actually, it has smallmouth in it, but there's like one smallmouth for every 50 trout, or I swear. And I've okay. seen people just take the bass and throw them up on the bank because they're like, this is a trout stream. And I'm like, dude, I hate those bass are native here, man. Yeah. Those bass are native here. They're supposed to be here. The, the rainbows and browns ain't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here yeah. Because of stocking, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh, that just runs all over me, though, man. Yeah, I hate that. And and you see it, you know, here in, in the West, well, where I'm at, uh, the, the bass are not native, but but people still, you know, pull the bass out and throw them up on the bank anyways. You know, they, they'll do it with any fish. And it's like, that's just a yeah. waste. So totally hear you on that. That's frustrating for sure. I'm a firm believer, though. If, you, if you're going to keep a fish, cool, but at least, or kill it, you know, at least eat it or yeah. something. Absolutely. Yeah, that kills me, man. Yeah. yeah, people are always throwing fish up on the bank here. That, that's clearly an issue between all of the United States because we're three very different areas mm-hmm. and people are still just throwing fish on the bank. Yeah, that's uh, anywhere you go, man. Assholes everywhere. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> Hey, so, oh, sorry. So, <laughs> you just started tying flies, bro. Yeah, man. Um, actually, I'm sitting at the table at my dad's house with a little vice. I got one of my mess ups right here in front of me. <laughs> oh, there's no such thing as a mess up. As long as you can get your line through that hook eye, that'll catch oh, yeah. fish. That'll catch fish. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. I, was, I had these uh, these big like actual insect wings that i found or my daughter actually found outside and i tried to case them in this uh 
like UV resin yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, the wings fell completely apart as soon as I tied on. So. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and I already had all that resin all over that thing, so uh, you know, I was like, "Well, I have an olive streamer now." <laughs> <laughs> that'll catch fish. Oh, no, it will. Seriously, yeah. that'll catch that'll catch him, dude. Yeah. You, you know what's so yeah, funny um, about that is is uh, you know you you get like the uh, uh, just the most hideous, ugly fly. And you throw it out there and you got all these guys with mm-hmm. like all these things that should be like in a museum and you'll catch more fish than the ones that look like the real like <laughs> balanced and pretty flies. I don't know what it is. They just, I think fish see it and it's like, man, that thing's really jacked up. It looks good to eat. It won't fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was actually streaming on Instagram, me uh, just doing a live tying. And uh, there's a couple guys in there giving me tips, you know, cause I'm, really just starting i tied like maybe three a few years ago and um i caught fish on a couple of them but uh just recently i, I started actually tying you know mm-hmm. um but uh, you know you give me pointers and uh shoot lost my train of thought <laughs> oh yeah he was saying um you know ugly flies catch fish pretty flies catch fishermen <laughs> yeah yeah no that, so, that's i mean that's it dude yeah that cracked me up. There's <laughs> a, uh, one, one of my other buddies, he, uh, I talk to him pretty much every day and, uh, he's, he is a trout bum, but right. what gets <laughs> me is he's, he's so straightforward with me is what I appreciate so much about him. And he, he tells me like, I'll, I'll send him pictures of my fly box or stuff I'm tying that n- literally no one else, but maybe Brian sees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he'll be like, I would never fish that and he'll tell me, no seriously he'll tell me straight out i'd be like i'd never fish that ever he, he said i i don't know he's like yeah you can tie them and yeah you can catch a bluegill on them he said but i never fished that for trout i was like well <laughs> i appreciate your honesty and then i then you of course you gotta ask you ask well why he said, it's too, he, said he says there's too much flash he says it's not natural he said all these people are tying all these flies now that are so flashy and bizarre and outlandish. He said, just throw something without any flash and see how many more fish you catch. Right. Because you got to think when flies started, they were very simple. Oh, you go ahead. Do, do what you got to do with Fiona. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's just doing back here doing summer assaults and right. saying yeah. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna do a car wheel for you guys. Oh, nice, nice one! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, hey, calm down. Well, you right, know, go, ahead. You know, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so you know that that's the funny part of of the the flies and everything else. When you go down, so for for the folks that just go down to like the the sporting goods store and they go dig through the thing or whatever else, what ends up happening is is that they. Um, they'll they'll go pick out the most sparkly flies they'll get the most sparkly stuff all this other stuff um and they'll go throw it and they won't catch anything and then somebody comes up with just the the most ratty nasty looking woolly bugger or nymph you know with like yarn hanging off the end of the hook and it's all trashed and thread everywhere and you just blow fish out of the water like crazy it's just unbelievable i i I honestly think (laughs) that it looks just so messed up that the fish just figures that is the easiest meal in the river because nothing looks that horrible in good shape. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it, it's interesting. Oh, so, uh, kind of wanted to touch up on uh, John and I's little excursion. <laughs> I knew he was from dude when we got back to my house, and we we're like, all right, man, we'll see you next time. And he opens his arm up for a hug. I was like, he is from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys oh, yeah, had a, a really good time there, you know, and I saw the pictures, just beautiful scenery that you live there, you know, that you have access to, especially, you know, in that in that section of Appalachia. It's just, you know, the granite and the streams and the way that the water comes out, you know, the stream, uh, the, the springs that feed the streams. It just looks incredible. I mean, I I would love to see that someday, personally. It's it's awesome, man. Um, I don't do a lot of fishing on the big rivers. I kind of struggle on those still so, for some reason, even though I've been fishing them my whole life, basically. But something about a small creek, man, you go up there and just wear them out every time you go. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I just... Uh, I'm telling you, I'll never forget that trip. <laughs> Dwarf Dolly Partons. <laughs> hey, you guys were Dolly Partons. Yeah, so so John kind of told me where you guys were going, and and that was kind of the funny part was was he was saying, yeah, we're gonna go up here, blah blah blah, and I I look it up, I type in the town, and it's like, dude, that's like Dolly Parton's place, and there, I was like, this looks like a freaking theme park here. <laughs> You know, like there's like, you know, I think it had like some kind of mountain roller coaster. It's like, you know, it had, I, I, I don't know what, but I, I had heard of the town and I, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll look at it. I'm like Google earthing and scoping everything out, you know, just doing that whole spy thing. I'm, I'm like, this looks like a massive theme park. There's going to be like a billion people around here or something, you know, just like everybody's like, oh, we're going to go to Dollywood for, for Thanksgiving or, or, you know, 4th of July or whatever, you know, it's like. Man, there's got to be a ton of people there. But where you went yeah. was pretty quiet. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, so, it, like I said, it was like two and a half hours east of where uh, – well, I, I was in Gatlinburg just to help finish off that little bit there to, for the viewers. I, I was staying in Gatlinburg. Me and the family were up there for, everybody knows uh, Gatlinburg. for like a really short vacation for summer for the kids right so and then uh got out for i had a little bit of time went and fished with aaron but dude aaron i i got to aaron's town and i was like i saw i mean i don't i don't want anybody to take this the wrong way but i did not the town looked like this podunk like farm town right like where i grew up but the first person i literally see is this guy with bright neon green hair walking <laughs> this tiny dog on the side of the street. And I was like, I was like, this is, this is not the same podunk town. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is a completely different breed of town. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th I think you saw that, uh, that little clip that I put on, I think it was Facebook, but, uh, this dude's running down barefoot, walking a mini horse down the sidewalk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I told you we got some characters here. <laughs> dude, that sounds like uh, Portland, honestly, where, where I'm at here. It's like you can see somebody walking a mini horse and picking up the crap off the sidewalk and throwing it at somebody else. You know, it <laughs> sounds like they're a little more polite in your town. Uh, not a lot of people walk, though. I mean, yeah. you, you see people walking. 
but it's not it's not like some big city where like you know the sidewalks shoulder to shoulder you know yeah so the the whole well, there were several misheard things <laughs> on that trip dwarf by the way dwarf dolly partons right that came from <laughs> dwarf uh dolly varden or I, that's that's how they're said right yeah dwarf dolly varden yeah. At Dolly Varden, but I didn't hear that. I was in the back, right? Did did we lose connection, Brian? No, no, no. I'm I'm listening to this. I I'm I'm putting together uh, fish etymology in my head. Anyways, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in the back of the struggle bus on the way down the mountain, and uh, Aaron's Aaron's talking to Sean. He's like, "Yeah, dwarf Dolly Varden," and I was like, "I was like, did you just say dwarf Dolly Parton?" <laughs> and then there is up there is one other that's not so family friendly but it, it was this jeep right and aaron's we're looking at this this is down in the parking lot and there's like three cars there it's it's ours and then this uh other vehicle and then this jeep and we're as we're walking out of the the brush aaron's looking over at this jeep he's like man that looks like a machine gun mount. And I was like, no. He's like, there's no way. And we get over there and sure as shit, this is a machine gun mount. This is like an old, old military Jeep that yeah. this person had restored. And they had taken out there and it said war wagon on it. Oh shit. And, and then Sean was like, and Sean was like, did you did you just did you say whore wagon? See that go ahead. No, that's the fun part of those fishing trips, though, is because some of the some of the most bizarre things happen. You know, it's like what happens out here stays out here. You know, if somebody has like a slip, I I when you said dwarf Dolly Parton, I just put a lot of different images in my head. I'm just, I'm just kind of like, all right. So like this tall, it's just like, you know, as I, I, I don't know, but it sounds, it sounds like it's just a, a great place to go. You know, like I said, hang out and have fun. <laughs> so You've been tying your own flies. You've been seeing car fishing for a year now. Are, are you are you ever gonna stop tin car fishing, or is this have you finally found? I think this is real, it. I, I think this is it, man. Um, I've always had fun fishing, but not like this. Um, dude, it's just satisfying, and of course now I'm trying to get into like some, you know, ultralight backpacking slash hiking stuff like that uh which nick's suggested some you know gear points and stuff to me but uh you know it, it's perfect for that too so it's not it's not just for the fishing either it's uh kind of difficult to get through the places that i go as you saw um especially when you have a 13 foot six rod like i've got but i can just bring it on down pack her up stick it in the bag and no problems I still think what impresses me the most about tin car rods is the lily and holds. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, um, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Um, and you saw how tiny the tips of those yeah. things are. I mean, you could probably, 
just go like that and break. But, you know, I've, like I said, I handled huge fish on it. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but works. Is there, there's just something about that dynamic of how those rods are built to where they can just, yeah. it, it's just, the, the engineering on those rods is just outstanding. And yeah. um, so I, I can't, you use, uh, use the, you have a Zoom, right? Um, I actually, I have two different rods. Um, Tinkara Rodco Teton Zoom, which I actually broke it while I was in Florida. Um, it wasn't anything with the with the rod being faulty or anything. It's it's my fault. I took it apart to clean it, and I don't know if I put it together wrong or what, but uh, it just will not go back down. Like I, I could take everything I got in my tiny little arms, and it does not budge. So uh, I still got to send it off and get it fixed. But um, the other one, which Justin gave me, it's a uh, Tinkara USA Amago. It's actually a pretty beefy stout rod. Um, not exactly for rookies and stuff, but it works. <laughs> so as far as like other gear and all, all that kind of stuff, so you have you have a couple rods and you have a, a pretty good selection of flies. I believe you got the uh, Akari uh, fly box also. Um, yeah, um, I got those. And then I got the, uh, it's the Akari S. It's not actually like a... Uh, a fly box it's like a uh mostly like a line holder but there's two little magnets where you know if you have a fly on your lines you can kind of stick them on and they'll stay in there but i'm wanting to get some more of those things because they're they're so nice dude so nice <laughs> so you had um your leader not your actual leader material but your line was different than what i'm traditionally used to seeing for ten car uh -huh. fishing um what kind of line did you have because i know there's feral leaders but yours was the other one yeah I, I was using the hybrid line i believe yeah that's right on that trip so it's it's got like a piece of furl on the end but uh most of it is basically like that pvc fly line um i like it because you know that pvc floats and yeah. uh it works really well for dry flies and um it's also not that that specific line i only got in an eight foot so i can put on you know two feet two feet of tippet or whatever and have like a 10 foot line so mm -hmm. but no it's um it's really nice for dry flies especially but you just you just had me thinking do you so do you need a tapered leader in with Sincara? well uh, um, need need is a very strong word you don't need anything specifically to fish but line and a lure and a rod but would it be better to have a tapered leader on a tin car i don't really know because uh i think all of my lines they're not i don't think they're tapered at all they just come straight down to yeah. a tippet ring and then you tie your tippet straight on that so i don't think any of mine are tapered as far as i know i, I wonder if a weight forward fly line to a tippet ring would be better for a Tenkara fisherman. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to figure some of this out. That's, that's a good one. We got uh, definitely worth a shot to try. The, the <laughs> questions I, of life, right? <laughs> I, I would think, I would think, John, that that would be a pretty solid setup on that. But I've, to, to be honest with you, I've never personally fished with any like type of, you know, traditional Tenkara, you know, 
wine or anything like that to have like a good comparison but i would i would think that that would be it's definitely worth trying we'll put it that way it's it would be worth trying yeah. to really you know see what the effectiveness of that would be especially in a dry fly configuration i think that would be that would be pretty hot because I've, I've got a furloughed line uh in my garage from nick actually nick sent me one because i ordered that tin car rod that got lost in the mail and that was another thing too sean sean cracks me up yeah <laughs> he, he he said uh he's like well what, what rod to bring and this is before sean even left his his house and uh aaron was like well i'm gonna tidkara fish and i was like well i'm gonna western fly and sean's like well i'm i'm gonna tidkara fish i was like yeah i had a tidkara rod but he got lost in the mail and sean just thought i was making a joke i was like no man my rod actually got lost in the mail i didn't even get refunded <laughs> for it <laughs> yeah. but but i've got one of those furled mines and now I'm curious because I've got some weight forward line too, some old uh, like four weight fly line that I've got sitting in my garage. Um, I might I might start playing around and see what I think uh, line wise. What gets me? What what is the ease of use for dry fly applications specifically? Because you can use anything with nymph. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> absolutely yeah i've used uh lots of nymphs and lots of dry like western style flies on my tankara rod which probably frowned upon in some communities but uh we ate that community. no wrong way to yeah. use a rod dude yeah There's no we wrong ate, way to use your rod <laughs> we ate that community and uh i've only ever met one guy one absolute douchebag in him. a tankara <laughs> yeah we know him. only one <laughs> And uh, let me tell you, I can taste my Kabari, son. Like, that that dude can eat one, all right? <laughs> he is – He's. I just, just throw this out there for you, all right? Dude's an American, all right? Tenkara originates from Japan, okay? So, gatekeeping as the second owner – owner i'll say for lack of a better term of this is completely horrendous and idiotic it's not our sport first off we adopted it from another country it was it was it was made popular and brought over here by a dude that sold his his company by the way he don't even own that anymore and uh and now you're gonna sit back here and act like you lived in Japan for like 30 years and, and fished with the great Tenkara fishermen over there, which by the way, would probably slap you for being such an asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dr. Ishigaki would not put up with that. He, no, like, he's, he's a wholesome guy, man. He is. Yeah. He is. And like those, Ishigaki that, sensei. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those, those, those great couple over there that Nick, Nick's flies got out too. They, oh yeah, they, dude, they're awesome. They they were just fishing with Ishigaki Sensei yeah. not long ago, and they were fishing with Nick's flies. Like, but this guy wants to come down here and say that Nick's doing it wrong. Yeah, and you're doing it wrong, and Justin's doing it wrong. I don't think everybody's doing it wrong, Chief. I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude, um, apparently, uh, 
they told Nick that Dr. Ishigaki said uh, Nick's flies look awesome and he can actually see Nick's passion in his tying, you know, and, and Nick's over the moon about it. Oh, course, yeah. You know, he has, that's his idol right there. He's, he's like, dude, one of the greatest Tinkara masters on earth just complimented my flies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty it, awesome, dude. It, you know, that it, I think anything in the artistry and, and passion that you have uh, will definitely reflect in the work that you output. So when we, when we talk about like, you know, Nick's fly tying, it, yeah, it, it is incredible because he loves it so much. It's not because he feels like he has to do it. Yeah. It's because he loves doing it and that's what he wants to do. Uh, you know, as, as you bury yourself deeper into lure making flies, everything else, your, yours will show that love and passion too. It's like John soft plastics. I can take people out on the river that never caught a bass before put those plastics on and they're like man these are way better than the berkeley ones i bought and and they'll beat them against rocks i'll tell them hey smack the side of that that bridge pillar and just let it drop dead you know and uh they'll, they'll be fishing all kinds of stuff and those things hold up and you can tell it's because john cares about what he does you know it's it, it, when, when when you love yeah. what you do it definitely puts out a better product that i that that's incredible though that that you know nick got that notoriety but what what's so cool is is that yeah nick gets that notoriety and and he's still the same cool guy that we all like to get along with and hang yeah. out with it's not like it's not like this club of like you know if there was somebody with two followers on instagram and they contacted nick nick could still give them the same courtesy that you know somebody with you know like twenty thousand followers would you know it, right it, yeah it, it, there's also that human Absolutely. element of personality for him um you know, and just to elaborate on, on what John said, and I don't want to, you know, track off too deep, but it, it, it's funny to me that, that, um, there, there are people out there that do the gatekeeping thing. I think it's a mental illness, to be honest with you. I, the more I think about it, I think that the people that do the gatekeeping are, are have a serious mental illness. It, it's a control issue or something like that. It's like, if, it, if people don't do things the way that I do, then they're wrong. And it's because I want to control what other people do in mass. It's almost like a sociopathy or something like that. It's like, what, what, <laughs> it benefits yeah. nobody. But anyways, I don't want to go on a negative rant. Um, but, but, um, you, you display a lot of stuff, uh, in regards to your fishing on Instagram. And I think that, that, you know, it's super cool how's that how's that whole social media thing went for you i mean just just putting all that stuff out there i mean well frankly great um kind of to add to the the whole uh <laughs> gatekeepers there was a guy that after i talked you know that shaku documentary i talked about i found this guy's youtube channel i'm not gonna say his name uh but you know i watched his videos basically religiously because he was the only person i could find that really had a lot of Tinkara videos um but you know i learned through nick that he's been super rude to nick been super rude to roman you know the creator yeah. of akari um and he's been rude to everybody in our community so we're just like f that guy unsubscribe unfollow. <laughs> you know? but, uh, but yeah um i don't know if you guys i think i, I told john for sure um i was on a video of ace videos yeah uh -huh. um and after that, I got so many awesome people messaging me, um, saying how they love my style. How wow, that bow and arrow cast was super cool. How do I get into Dinkara? Um, I don't know how many people did that, but a lot. I got a lot of messages, and 
it's been awesome, dude. Yeah. It made me really happy to see all these people wanting dude. to try it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Ace is, oh. Ace is a cool guy. Uh, he, he, uh, did a lot of videos. He started out out here in my neck of the woods, uh, doing like catfish and, and, uh, bass and, and, uh, yeah. uh, sturgeon and everything else. So he's super cool, dude. I, I love his stuff. Super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually met him at a little park in the middle of my town. I was fishing with my brother and a couple of his friends and he pulls up and was like, there any good fishing around here? And I was like, ace videos <laughs> and he was like yeah so uh we were like dude do you want to come down here with us and we'll show you a couple spots and he's like yeah sure so you know we didn't really catch much he, he actually did end up catching a nice like 16 inch rainbow um my friend steve or my, my brother's friend steven was like yeah there's a bunch of leeches at the end of this little uh uh what do you call it like drink or whatever and uh he was like if you put on like a little tube or something you might get one and i was like i was kind of thinking really steven a tube for trout and uh sure enough ace throws it out there first cast boom 16 inch rainbow and i was like all right serious? steve all right yeah. <laughs> i was like steven i'll never doubt you again wow. <laughs> yeah. um, very cool yeah and then uh we're like dude we're gonna go to this other spot and and fish for some big browns at night do you want to you know, tag along then too. And he's like, yeah, sure. So he followed us down there and uh, we exchanged numbers and everything and talked about that video for about a year. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I mentioned awesome trout fishing and uh, maybe a little bit of mushroom foraging and he was in. So we went and did that just a few weeks ago and it was, it was awesome. That's so, awesome. I, I was waiting, I was waiting for a chance to bring it up because you, you said it right off the rip. And I was like, well, it's a fishing podcast. Let's wait till we get in a little bit. Dude, you do mushroom foraging, and that scares the shit out of me. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, not that you do it. I just ain't going out in the woods and picking a damn mushroom, you know, except yeah. for morels. I know what a morel mushroom looks like. Uh, you're picking, you could die. So yeah. for anyone that thinks they're going to go pick a mushroom and throw it in a soup, don't do it. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. there's 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 even the so dry land fish right is what we call it the and yeah. i think those are morels right morels yeah yeah but there's even a false one of those i think pretty much every mushroom species has a false the only thing that i think is supposed to be foolproof is don't don't quote me on this either guys please um yeah <laughs> i think it's called lion's mane disclaimer oh, don't go eat mushrooms that you don't know. Don't go are. eat yeah. mushrooms. Don't <laughs> touch them. Don't touch them. But, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, I've, I've made mistakes and stuff before. So, you know, yikes. Yeah. Dude, but so I watched that video with you and Ace twice, by the way. Two different channels. <laughs> so that got that fellow two views and two thumbs up. But my favorite comment, because I was, you know, I was getting ready to be like a keyboard warrior, like who? anybody talking shit about my boy you know yeah. and uh my favorite comment i saw was this dude said you look like a pokemon trainer i was like <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah there, there was a couple mean ones but they they kind of made me laugh one guy was like uh Aaron gives me serial killer vibes <laughs> <laughs> it's always it's always funny yeah you, you know the funny part is is just these people like roam around youtube and something pops up and then they 
you know, they make just some obnoxious commentary, you know, and it, 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 yeah. it, some of it's funny. Some of it's like, you know, I, I really think that the people hate themselves or something. I don't know. They just get up in the morning and punch <laughs> the mirror out. You know, they're just like, ah, you know, bang like that. Punch yeah, the mirror he, out. He warned me about that too. He was like, before we even started filming and he was like, you know, this is going on YouTube. So, you know, if someone says something mean about you or whatever, don't sweat it. It happens all the time. Like, you know, 45% of the comments are going to be mean ones. So, yeah, you know, it's just the other part of it that I uh, equate it to is just people are jealous that you can do something that they have no desire or drive to even try themselves. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there like, I don't care. You're like living vicariously through me right now. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like people that watch this, that they got hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. It's all the people that like listen to this and watch this, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, that's cool that those guys are doing it. I don't think that we've ever really had a negative comment from anybody <laughs> in, in any of our stuff, but uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of funny though, that, that, uh, you know, somebody as benign as ACE, because you go watch his videos he's like dude this guy's cool like he, he set up that that game cam where he put like old food and chicken out and he's like i just want to see what comes here yeah and the, like, he sets out some chicken and and this guy pulls up with a pizza boat in the woods yeah pizza in the woods and and this guy pulls up with a boat and his dog's over there sniffing and the guy didn't mess with the camera or anything else waves out it jumps back in his boat drives off and then like a heron comes and like gags <laughs> down this chicken leg or i can't remember what it was but it was it was awesome and it's like <laughs> people people were like that's blah 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 you know i was like do you people like really hate your life that much is it really that it's, it's living and breathing that difficult i mean come on i, I don't i don't claim to be the most positive person in the world but damn man there's some people that like really hate life they just like hate them it's yeah. like it's a, it's a raccoon eating a raw chicken leg what's wrong with this <laughs> it could be in the middle of a garbage can you're gonna get mad about that too i mean come on it's so dude, silly dude people think raccoons are like just these furry little cuddle bugs of the oh night. man no dude no, they're man. trash <laughs> pandas they're evil little <laughs> bastards almost, trash pandas yeah almost, trash pandas almost, yeah drop the f-bomb there yeah well but, they're <laughs> They're I just thought myself a couple times. <laughs> oh, they're evil little bastards. You should see what they do to a chicken. I've had them strung up over my fence in the backyard down the other side of the neighbor's yard. He wakes up. He says, hey, man, I don't know what got a hold of this chicken, but damn. He holds it up. You know, it's got his head disconnected, <laughs> neck pulled out and strung. I mean, I'll tell you what, the neck on a, the neck on a chicken, man, it's got like a, a foot and a half vertebrae that just strings out that – stupid ass raccoon goes and you know uh, they're, they're bad man and then you got it just looks like freddie like butchered somebody and drug him over the fence they are not nice man they, they're evil trash pandas that's what i call them yeah i mean that one guy's got it dialed in though that fella that older fella that sits on that bench and he oh, feeds hot dogs. yeah man he, yeah. he's got it dialed in yeah, <laughs> you got like 50 or 60 of them coming up on his porch yeah. and he's just like oh here you go here's your hot dogs oh, dude, geez, how much money man. do you spend on hot dogs <laughs> man people love to watch it though i mean yeah, i mean i i love watching it <laughs> yeah we'll dump a bucket of marshmallows out and then bring the hot dogs <laughs> um, marshmallows and nine lives just mix it together you know put out a bucket of water so they can shove the whole it's like Rice Krispie treats, but with cat food, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nasty. Dude, have you? So, 
<laughs> so I've I've been to your town. I know what's around you, right? And you do have right. a lot of cold water, except for that that even that one reservoir there is cold. Like, um, I'm trying to think of which one. The one we passed on the way up. That had the marina with the cart that I said we ought to stop and fish them, but we ain't got time. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, that's it's a, cold. <laughs> next time we're going to get on those carp, though. But uh, Dude, I'd love to do that. <laughs> we get kicked out quick, but, you know, oh, that's what get on is. one of them carp real quick and then get out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Well, I mean, with, with it being just all these cold water adventures, pretty much, what is the most bizarre catch you've had? Because I've caught a clam on a nymph, and not just once. I've done this more. They're mussels, actually. They're not clams. Yeah. But I've caught mussels on nymphs a lot now, like trying to catch catfish on my fly <laughs> rod. What is your most bizarre catch that you've had? Um... I've probably got a couple here. Um, so recently I was doing a, uh, a slam on Nick's Akari fly drop and I ended up hooking a snail on the little killer bug. But uh, <laughs> worse than that, man, I, I'd say probably getting a Northern hog sucker on a Rapala crankbait. I mean, and it was hooked in the mouth too. I didn't snag it at all. It was hooked in the mouth, like in the, that sucker. I mean, that, that thing must've been starving or something. I was just so weird. I was like, this doesn't feel like a trout. It's just I was a spinning reel at this time, yeah. obviously. But uh, I was like, that doesn't feel like a trout at all. It's not even fighting. You know, it's got weight and it's moving. But there it came. And I was like, what in the hell is this thing? It's <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest looking fish I've ever seen. Dude, uh, uh, it was like 2015. And all right, dude. It was like 2015. And uh, me and my dad are out on Cordell Hall fishing and I'm throwing this white like Rapala shad wrap the six foot diamond one mm -hmm. dude and you, you made me think about this with the Rapala and I'm, I'm just reeling it in and I, I swore I was hung right I just I hit it and I was like I was so pissed I was so mad because it was hot that day and I was just fishing like crap I haven't fit at this point I hadn't fished in like four years and I'm real in the center and it just stops. I was like, I got this stuck in a log. And I'm starting to I'm starting to pull it and it's coming up. I was like, I was like, okay, well I must I was like, it can't be a log because I'm pulling it up. Maybe I'm just maybe I broke some of the brush loose and I'm pulling it up and then it starts to fight, right? And but it's not like a big head shake or anything. It's just like it's just pushing down and then I'm pulling it back up and it's just pushing down. I was like, this this is a fish. And anyway, I get this up to the top. And it's this creature from the Paleolithic era, dude. It's a damn snapping turtle. I swear the shell on it was covered in moss. This son of a gun, its shell was as big around as a trash can lid. I'm not even kidding, man. I was, I, I, we didn't even grab the paddle. I reached out there with like the net and I'm like, I'm like smacking it on the head trying to get it to spit my crankbait because I don't want to cut I don't want to cut my line and leave this crankbait in this turtle's mouth yeah and uh, I'm smacking it in the head to get it to open its mouth and I 
I swipe that crankbait out of its mouth and that sucker goes right back down to the depths. Yep. No way. Uh-uh. Dude, you want to catch weird fish and have weird adventures, fish Rapalas. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. They, they catch, they catch everything. They catch yeah. everything. I'm sure you could throw one out under the underpass right now and <laughs> catch all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, that actually reminds me, speaking of turtles, man, I've actually also caught a turtle. Um, this happened in Florida, though, not, not in my neck of the woods. Uh, we were fishing in this lake that's completely covered in lily pads. I mean, you can barely even cast in there because there's so many pads. But, you know, I was throwing a topwater frog, trying to get a big old bass or both in. And, uh... oh, headphones died. Let me just turn the Bluetooth off. Can you hear us through the speakers? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Okay, good. Stinks. Well, that, that's fine because um, we can't actually hear us through the speakers. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. want to go so ahead and pick these on the charger just, just so I can maybe put them back on here in a bit. But uh, <clears throat> So I th I'm throwing this topwater frog and, uh, you know, it gets blown up on. And I was like, oh, cool. Set the hook. That would have been my first topwater bass, by the way. Still haven't got one. But, um, you know, it was moving, and I was like, it was heavy. It was super heavy. And I was like, dude, I've got, like, the state record Florida largemouth or something. You know, like I, I, I could have swore that I had the biggest fish that had ever been caught in that lake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because it was moving, like, side to side, kind of, but it didn't feel like a fish, you know. I, I could tell it wasn't a fish, but I, I knew I had something alive on there. So I was like, maybe it's just a massive fish, because I've never felt like that before, you know. Well, my, my stepdad's like laying on the ground, ready to like double fist this this bass that he feels like is coming up. And uh, it's a huge soft shell turtle, dude, like 15, 16 pounds, maybe. Soft shell turtle eating my topwater frog. And uh, he was like, Well, cut your line, I guess. I was like, Hell no, that frog was, you know, six bucks. <laughs> so, so I step on that turtle's back and get my pliers out. And start working on that thing and it, you know it's kind of moving his head like he's trying to bite me but he's got a big frog <laughs> in his mouth so he can't do anything and i got my frog back by god <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man that's wild yeah, turtles eat lures <laughs> yeah yeah i i don't know i i guess i don't really have like a, a bizarre catch on you know everything like kind of <laughs> hooks into what it does but i guess so we get these little uh, suckers. Up. Well, I wouldn't say they're little, but they're decent size. And these suckers are predominantly known for uh, eating, uh, you know, like little bugs and worms. And I don't know. We, we just kind of figure that they suck all the garbage off the bottom. Anyways, um, I got two of them this this last winter, which told me I was fishing really hard. Uh, but it was, it was uh, you know, just not happening for the species I was targeting. The first right. one I got, I got on a copper spoon, which I never caught a sucker before on a cop, like a shiny copper spoon. Uh, <laughs> and, and this isn't like, you, you know, like one of your old, uh, you know, like red devil spoons. This is a, a like a P-line spoon. Anyways, it's, it's like kind of a slight S to it. And I got one on that. I was like, well, this is the dumbest thing I've ever caught. And then I, I was running a, a pink soft plastic worm under a bobber that's, you know, float for steelhead. 
and I got another one and it drained the bobber and I thought it was a steelhead. And I, that thing must've felt like, you know, it was getting shot out of a fighter jet crashing when I hooked it because <laughs> I, jerked, I jerked hard enough. I took it off the bottom along with a log or whatever it was hanging out around. So it's like <laughs> half a tree got yanked off the bottom when I set the hook. So, uh, and, and that was on that pink worm. So I sent, I sent a picture to the guy that made them. I was like, yeah, dude, these, I, I can catch these on that. So it was, he, I think he was a little bit shocked that he was like, no, you didn't catch it on that. You know, I was like, yeah, dude, here's a picture. And I think <laughs> I made even a video of it kind of just squirming there with the, with like a, it's like a one-aught jig hook buried through its mouth. It, yeah. It's, Brian's over here making the definition of ripping lips. <laughs> I, get, I get a little bit jacked up, you know, usually when it's the right species, when, when you set the hook yeah. on it, it like it, it's it's yeah it, it's not like oh i'm gonna rip this poor fish out of the water <laughs> like i've done so many times fly fishing you know right but, uh you know usually it's a dead stop and maybe even start hearing the shattering of graphite if you set hard enough so <laughs> oh that's great dude man. i've yeah. i've been pulling so many little bluegill out unintentionally <laughs> yeah I, I, told I can't tell you how many brookies I've launched up into a tree, and I have to like try to like pull it off of the branch. <laughs> oh, dude, those little ones! I, I I don't care what anybody says. It's like there's no like dramatic strip set. Uh, sometimes it's like you see the snap at the surface, and your whole rod just goes back out of instinct. And yeah. Guess what? It can be a fish that big, and and it's gonna take a ride, man. It's it's going <laughs> it's like going on the best Disneyland ride with a hook in its mouth that it could ever be invented. And it could yeah, not get hauled back 60 feet. You know, I, I did that to a poor little bass the other day. It was horrible. I didn't even know yeah. it had hit. Honest to God, scouts on her, didn't know it hit. And this Dude, poor that... bass goes like airborne, ripping through the air. It, like I said, it's like that big. <laughs> the poor little smallmouth, you know, I, I'm sure its eyes were like this big. It's just like, like, what the hell is happening to me? It probably thought it <laughs> got it. So. <laughs> War mouth too. War mouth. I, I launched a war mouth on on a mop fly. That was that was a good one. I, I think John's uh, John's made some more bluegill go airborne. Lots of bluegill. Lots of bluegill. Man. More more than I'd like to admit. I bet yeah. I hauled one this morning. I thought I hung up on some on some pine leaves. So I set the hook and I was like, I was like, I missed it. I, I strip set too. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what I'm fishing for. I I, I strip set. I that line rips up off that water <laughs> and I do that. And I was like, man, I got some pine leaves on it. So I haul it forward and I haul it back. And it's like, it's not coming off. And I haul it forward and I look over my shoulder and this bluegill is just like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was so like bad. that poor fish. Yeah. It, it got two hauls. It got two full hauls off that four way and I, I was just trying to fling off some leaves because i was being <laughs> oh yeah. man i think my favorite fish launch of all time uh i think it might have been a little rainbow but you know i had my 10 car rod set the hook and he popped up out of the water well you know super small so i didn't realize but i saw him go over my head and i was like oh crap so i have to like helicopter this thing around <laughs> until it flies into my net finally <laughs> oh man oh Oh, it's so there's so many different things that happen, especially fly fishing. It's like, you know, it's, it's not like regular tackle fishing where you're just kind of like reeling up and it's like, Oh, I got a little fish and your end of your rods bouncing a little bit. 
it's like fly yeah. fishing oh i don't have a fish on rip rip and yeah you know, here's fish fly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, i think it happens to the best of everybody but yeah oh yeah definitely interesting so so uh i this is awesome I, I love telling these stories and just like sharing all this stuff i think it's super cool um and i think that like the story the stories will continue to get better and better the more that we do this and the more that we're fishing and everything else um but uh, i guess my one of my questions <clears throat> for you is uh you know what what are you planning on doing in the future here uh what you got any future plans you know after doing the ace video things anything else um, i did actually make a youtube channel um nothing on it right now though um but uh actually you're doing good right here analytically on yeah. that channel you need to put something on it because uh, i want you to look at your growth yeah, from when, check this from out. when you've made it nice so about to get started <laughs> nice. uh there's some other little mount here I don't, I don't know how to use any of this stuff yet but i'll get her figured out <clears throat> my main thing is uh i gotta learn how to edit videos <laughs> It's not that hard. And I will I will help you as much as if you really want the help, I'll help you. Yeah, I, I'm going to need the help for sure. So, but yeah, um, after all that positive feedback, man, um, I had tons of people just asking, do you have a YouTube channel? Like, no, maybe I should go ahead and make one and secure my name. Because, yeah. you know, I figured after somebody saw that and started like following me on Instagram, someone's gonna be like, I'm gonna make a YouTube channel with Appalachian, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I went on there and made my profile and secured the name. So, uh, yeah. Very Coming good. soon. <laughs> nice. I've nice. got a. Can't wait to see. I've got yeah, a man. question for you. Okay. Are you? Uh, you know, I've already asked you this. When are you going to get your guide license? Oh, dude. Uh, shoot. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um. I've I've had a few people tell me I should do that. So you've had maybe. more than a few people tell you you should do that. <laughs> maybe we'll see. Um, honestly, I don't even know what that entails, so I'll have to look into that. You should. But that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> well, I I just know as passionate about you, as passionate as you are about what you do, right? And is the the wealth of knowledge and it just they you're just fun. Aaron, you're literally you're just fun like being oh. around you is fun it, you, you feel Good, like man. a brother right you feel like family and people like that quote vibe you know, like, it's it's a vibe it is it's a vibe right people just enjoy that and i think if you could get a little bit of money for doing something you love right and getting other people to have these memories like i have with you that's that, that's that'd be so fantastic dude that would that would help you out a lot you know like just to get you more things that you want like let's just say that goes towards your youtube or right. that goes towards you know a, a, some new rods or some new nets and stuff like that think about it really yeah um it. and also i mean you know how I didn't really pull the rod out until you guys call call one. Uh, I just like seeing people catch a fish, man, and seeing them smile and and enjoy fishing. 
as I've, I've had a lot of my friends that I take and they just don't catch anything. And they're like, yeah, fishing sucks. I don't want to do that again. I'm just like, oh, I tried, man. Uh, <laughs> but you, you can't go catch one every time. That's why it's not called catching. <laughs> so, you know, that's fine. I mean, to each their own. Um, no biggie. I, I always notice, um, you know, because I, I do take a lot of uh, new anglers out myself. Um, you know, depending on what you can get the, the folks on, you know, what, what species you can get them on. Um, sometimes it can be just red hot and, and really good. And sometimes it takes a little bit more time. And I notice, um, you know, when I, when I go uh, and take like a guided trip, I'll go with somebody to a new river system that I've never fished, or maybe I have very limited knowledge on uh, per species. And so that's, that's when I'll take a guided trip. Otherwise I spend a lot of time uh, fishing, fishing myself and just kind of figuring it out. Yeah. But, but uh, <clears throat> you know, it takes a special person, I think, to really understand the complexities of fish because I've heard people say, Oh, well, bass are easy to catch. And it's like, that depends on, what you're doing, where you're at and how yeah, things are going. Sure. There, there's a lot of, there's like a lot of incidental things that come into play. They are living They're They're looking for things, you know? And, and so people sometimes just don't give fish the intelligence credit that they deserve as far as like, you know, being smart enough to know like, Hey, this yeah. isn't a natural food source. You know, you can't like take a, a rooster tail and go string a Senko on the back of it and expect to catch something, you know, uh, consistently, <laughs> It's probably yeah. not going to work too well, uh, or, or take a fly rod and do something kind of funky yeah. with that. You know, it's probably not going to work too well. It might work, you know, I get know. a couple naive fish here and there, but that, that's you know. it. You know, it, it might just be like, well, you know, shoot, I'll just throw this out there and, and maybe I'll catch something. Maybe I won't. But the idea is, is that, you know, you kind of, you, you do that. And, and if you find people that really enjoy fishing, they enjoy the pursuit, the puzzle, all that kind of like what we do. Yeah. You know, I, th I think that's the difference is like, we enjoy trying to figure out what the fish are doing. We're the ones over there retying our lures. We don't just go down to the, the, uh, you know, river with one lure, you know, you don't go down with one. Yeah. Fly. You know, John doesn't go down <laughs> with one sack of plastics or, you know, one box, one pattern of fly, we go down with a bunch of different stuff and we're like, okay, uh, let's see here. I'm going to try this and I'm going to try this and I'm going to try this and let's see what happens with this, this, or this. And that's a part of that whole puzzle of like, you know, outwitting the mm -hmm. fish. And, and, yeah. and so when people are like, oh, fishing sucks. Well, it's just not, it, they don't, they don't view it like that. You know, some yeah. people like, like the once or twice a year thing, which is totally cool. Some people, uh, you know, I'm insane. I do it every day. So <laughs> I literally yeah. pull in my car. I see a good fishable run. I'm out. That's it. It doesn't matter. I don't have to have a specific scenery. It's like, it can be a, the biggest sludge cesspool in the world, but if it looks like it's got fish <laughs> fishing it, so it don't matter. To <clears throat> yeah, man. So, so, but that's cool that you take people out to and introduce them. I mean, so yeah um, and it seems like for some reason when i'm by myself i just absolutely tear them up <laughs> but when i'm with somebody <laughs> dude nothing just about nothing all day long <laughs> but yeah. i mean I've, i have had days with buddies uh my buddy frank actually just got a yari from tinkara rodco um and i don't know if it was you know i think it was right before i went for florida um my florida trip he didn't actually have his Sinkara rod yet. So he was using my, uh, my Teton and 
dude, we each caught like 20, 25 brook trout that day. So it was really awesome to see him actually being able to catch a bunch. And, uh, you know, I, I like seeing people catch fish, like I said before. You know, I, and, and it's not just this adoration for fishing or, you know, all this stuff. It's you have to want people to catch fish more yeah. than you want to fish to be a guide. Yeah. And see, I'm, I am bad sometimes to like run ahead and cast and then catch every fish in the pool. And then my buddy gets up there and I'm like, cast on in there, man. <laughs> no, and there's not any fish left in there. We need to move up. But I just, I just move fast. I just what I'm used to doing. Um, but no, like, you know, I keep bringing up the trip with you and Sean. It was just awesome being able to follow you guys and be like, yeah, I've caught fish right here. I've caught fish right here. This is a good spot. Uh, this is my favorite spot, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty awesome, man. Dude, literally the first spot we came up to, you're like, yeah, I've caught fish here before. And I bow and arrowed a topwater there, and it got slammed. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I set into the fish. I stung it, but it came off. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, Aaron knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I was like, this is this is the next Kabari Sage right here. This is the next. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Oh man. But no, man, I've I've caught brookies out of holes, I swear, that are like that big around, you know. Um if it looks like decent, it's gonna have a fish in it with a lot of these streams. So, you know, there's no wrong place to cast. I know it, well, unless the water's like that deep, you yeah. know, but um but no man I, I tell people all the time like you don't have to just fish the riffle you don't have to just fish the foam line you don't have to just fish the the waterfall like fish every little pocket and there's probably a fish there <laughs> the, the the first one i caught was <clears throat> riffle was up here foam line and then behind it in the slack water i threw up behind this rock that was there that was just a little bit deeper yeah and as soon as it hit the water i I, I couldn't really see it, so I cast back again. As soon as it hit, it floated on the left side of this rock, and boom, it got slammed. I was like, yeah. I was like, this is going against literally everything that social media <laughs> <Yeah>. tells you. <laughs> and it's like, I'll get to that conversation with one of our guests down the road because I've been waiting to have this conversation with him. But uh, social media is bad for fishing in a lot of ways it really is man um it's just a lot of elitism it seems like and i don't know it's just not cool i don't know i, I can't i can't stand seeing someone be like no you have to you have to match the hatch you have to do that you have to do this and i'm just like you don't have to do anything dude yeah, you, <laughs> you ain't gotta do a ever. damn thing yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah it, it, it's funny you know to to hear people like no that's absolutely wrong this is the way you do it it's like is that factor opinion that's that's what i always ask myself when in those cases is that <laughs> it's, it's opinion <laughs> yeah it, it, everything in fishing is opinion now there, there's people that give you advice on things and once you start learning a little bit about the fish themselves it's like okay that makes sense that that yeah. might work it's one thing you can try it's not the end all method, but it's one thing you can try and you can put some effort in with it and it should or might work. 
you know, but yeah, social media, it, it's, there's, I, who knows if two thirds of what's on there is real or not. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's yeah. the internet, you know, who knows if it's real or not, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very uh, uh, vain uh, uh, platform of, of seeing things. So, you know, it's like, Absolutely. well, it could be, it couldn't be, you know, I, I think we talked to uh, last week, we talked uh, to Sierra about that. You know, we, we were talking uh, in and amongst ourselves and, and, you know, it, it was just like the, the vainness of social media with the pictures and, you know, the weird poses and the, the, the branding and all this other stuff. It's like, come on, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's not real necessarily. So yeah, it can, it can definitely get over the top. Oh yeah. It, it gets silly in my, in my opinion, but <laughs> so. You know, kind of back to the, uh, whole, like I said, matching the hatch thing, you know, a lot of 10 car anglers mainly use like one fly and don't really switch up a lot. But, uh, you know, I am trying to kind of like narrow down my, my boxes and stuff, but I still sometimes enjoy flipping rocks just to see what's there. And you know what that fly looks, this fly I have was kind of like that, you know, I do have fun doing that. Um, but I enjoy both ways. I don't, I don't think there's a wrong way to do it. Well, dude, like, I think matching the hatch is stupid, personally. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm just, yeah, I'm just putting it, that out there. Yeah, I, I still, like I said, I still have fun flipping rocks and, and doing it just, just for the hell of it. But I know for a fact I can catch fish on this fly over here, even if there is not a damn bug in that river that looks like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's just one of the things, you know, if – people get so caught up they're like i don't, I don't have a size 14 uh mark <laughs> a flyer yeah and it's like but do you have a, a size 12 purple haze mayfly well it's probably gonna get eight dude like <laughs> yeah like it's cool you know and i sincerely mean this it is really freaking cool that people know all these bugs that is cool i'm working on that i'm actually i've been talking to a guy that actually went to a class for etymology of insects which I'm, there's an actual word for that i don't know what it is uh, <laughs> them bug folks right bug folks <laughs> and and it's it's awesome that they can do that but if i see if i flip a rock and i see a nymph as long as i've got a nymph i'm matching the hatch in, in my eyes and <laughs> and if I make ten casts with that nymph and I don't catch a fish, guess what's getting thrown on there? A mop fly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I throw junk flies ninety percent of the time. You know why? Because I like catching fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Man. But but dude, yeah, I think I think we're getting close to having to end here. Well, not, don't have to end, but we're coming up pretty long. So, Aaron, any let, let's go back and we'll backtrack a little bit because we we get sidetracked pretty often. I'm, I'm a, I feel like I'd lead the charge on that one, but oh, I definitely don't. Oh, help. All of us, all of us do. <laughs> but so, your future plans, Dave? You made this YouTube. It's kind of getting big already. Uh, when you really look at it, I'm just letting you know that your metrics from date of creation until now, you're doing pretty good. 
Right. You need to get something on there uh, post-haste, okay? Yeah, I'm thinking um, probably going to do like a little channel trailer first just so somebody has something to look forward to. Do an you know, put, in, you know? put some clips of releases and, you know, tell everybody who I am and, you know, this is this and, and that's that. Um, yeah, uh, then I'll have my first real video after that, hopefully. Well, dude, you get your clips and I'll help you edit it. Your first one, I'll help you. And then after everyone after that, I'm going to make you do. All right, <laughs> but, All right man. But, no, seriously, good. but I, I mean it. I'll help you. All right. Absolutely. Um, any other, Do you have any other plans, man? Like um, fishing wise? So well, just, I want you to grow. So yeah, man. Um, so really right now I'm just kind of trying to find some new spots cause I've got a bunch of pins on my map, but, uh, I almost don't really want to say this, but, uh, I've been doing this search for a species of trout that there is nothing online about this species being in Tennessee. I already know what you're talking about. Yeah. So tight, tight lips. I got you. I think it's possible. I think okay. it's possible. I think it is too. And I think it's possible in your neck of the woods specifically. Yeah, I, I think so. So I really think so. And uh, you would be the first. So keep on it because I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, I'll, I'll key you in <laughs> after oh, we get yeah. done here. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Nothing, nothing on the public record. So, <laughs> but yeah, man, um, that'd be super awesome. And that's, that's one big thing I'm wanting to do right now. Um, also, like I said, hopefully com coming up soon, I can start doing a little bit of backpacking. Um, I've got a couple places that I'm wanting to actually thoroughly explore and it's just not really possible with a day hike. So, uh, I'm going to have to hit Nick up and get him to help me with some, some <laughs> gear because I don't know what to get. <laughs> but dad, if you can afford it, um, or something I would look into making sure I can budget to afford is one of those beacons. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, spot. I've already got some stuff, but, you know, I'm wanting to do a little bit of upgrading. But I, I think I could do it with a couple of the things I have. There there are some things that I do need, though. So that'll be coming soon as well, you know. Well, yeah, that safety will always give you that little bit of peace of mind, you know. Yeah. Like, it'll let you really adventure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know from the Ghost of Gentry Creek that I stay safe. Son, <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot bring this up. I know we're about to end. Dude, the amount of like places that look haunted around your neck of the woods is seriously, what? and what was that smell of perfume? Wasn't it like lavender grape, or something? Yeah, great perfume. Great perfume, dude, I swear. I swear, we, we told like probably 10 or 15 ghost stories on the way to the river just looking at stuff. Like yeah. Ghost of Gentry Creek, like Civil War, guys. That is a haunted place. There ain't nothing not haunted about where you live. Dude, I don't I don't know what that thing that we heard was, but it was strange. I've never heard that before. Dude, it... So. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because it was early in the morning and we've been telling ghost stories or what, but we, we heard this animal. We don't know what it was <laughs> up in the holler above us. And we were like, well, aren't they introducing 
some species back into Tennessee. And then we're like, no, we, we were like, that sounds kind of like, I don't know, elk or moose is what it sounded like, honestly. Yeah, I think it could have been an elk because they, they were trying to introduce them back. So that'll make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Uh, I've, I've been. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I, I won't go into my own <clears throat> stories about elk scaring the hell out of me out in the woods, but I will tell you this when, when, uh, there's a fog and it's about 40 degrees and, and you hear nothing but crashing coming through the woods at 40 miles an hour. And you look up and here's the, you know, 1200 pound bull elk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it bugles and you can feel the concussion through the ground. Yeah. Definitely, uh, gets your heart rate up. Dude, yeah that's yeah. all i could think of because i have never heard an animal like that and i've been out a million times so yeah it was uh it was spooky it was actually <laughs> it was one of them times you're like you can feel your heart stop and then start baiting again it it, it caught us yeah. all off guard pretty good well it sounded super far away and not even that far down the trail like the second or third little pool we stopped at it started sounding like way closer, and I was like, "Incredible!" Yeah, I'm gonna put it around the chamber. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Hell with this!" I don't know what yeah. that is. <laughs> well, so. you know, uh, I I'm I'm gonna kind of uh, put my last words in here to you, Aaron, because um, I I'm looking at the clock and everything else, but. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to cut it off because we, we have so many cool stories and everything else, but, um, you know, what you're doing and, and the information you're sharing, the, the pictures you're taking, you know, showing your passion for what you're doing and fishing and being very accessible is a super cool thing. And I can't, I can't say enough good things about, uh, our interactions. You know, we haven't had uh, like you and I haven't had like a ton of one-on-one -on -one interactions i guess you would say but we've always had good positive interactions uh, uh quite a bit and uh it's just it's a lot of fun to see the your photography your blend of the fishing uh all of that kind of stuff that it's so cool with the hiking and the fishing and the outdoors and everything else it's just a really cool thing so you know thanks for coming on the podcast today and talking to us and you know, I, I look forward to, to getting more stories and everything else down the road here. So it's definitely super cool. So I just wanted to say that bit and, uh, you know, kind of let John run it out here. So, well, Aaron, dude, I, I could sit here and talk with you forever and you know that. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> but sincerely put something on your YouTube. Yep. Working on keep, it. <laughs> keep it up. And man, th thanks for coming on and just talking with us, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. <laughs> so, Aaron, for everyone that doesn't know you, um, where can we find you? Where, where's find what's me, the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is Instagram um, at Appalachian underscore AF. Yes, I use Appalachian as an adjective. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I also made a YouTube channel. The link is actually in my Instagram profile bio. So you can look that up too. And uh, hopefully you like what I do. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on. And if you want to get a hold of Brian or myself, you can find us at Working Class Fishing uh, on Instagram. You can find us at Working Class Fishing Podcast on YouTube. And if you've got any questions, feel free to leave them on uh, Anchor, YouTube. Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of us. But if you prefer email, you can find us at workingclassfish at gmail.com. 
And uh, thanks for listening. And Aaron, thanks again for coming by. Yeah, guys. Thanks. You. Thanks, everybody.